everybody. Welcome to Buckeye BS. I'm your new host, Q. Obviously here on the Best Damn Media Network. Cam last week cut me off a little bit too many times, so HR had to talk to him. So, you know, we got everything in order, but he'll, he'll be back soon. But here with Rod and Mike. How y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. Hanging in there. Doing good. Got no, surprise. no surprise, it's Cam's birthday weekend. I woke up this morning and saw him tweeting at 5 a.m. I didn't even bother texting him. I knew it was going to be a three-man show today. So I hope he is enjoying his birthday. Happy birthday to Cam. Shout out to him. But the show must go on. So here are the temptations. Keeping it moving. Without Oh, man. Happy birthday, Cam. So we got a couple of things for y'all to talk about today. We want to talk about our running back room. We want to talk about wide receiver room. We want to talk about J.J. McCarthy. So I see that I see there's some Michigan guys in the in the chat, but we, we will get to you. So don't worry. We got it. We got a Ron has a few select <laughs> choice words. <laughs> JJ. But yeah, man. So uh, but actually, I wanted to lead with this. This is something that we didn't have in the show notes, but caught my attention last week. So our new old Miss transfer, Davison Igbenosa, I think I got that right. He had said coming to Ohio State, obviously from Ole Miss, he said that transition to Ohio State happened to be pretty easy coming in. So just real quick, I want to get y'all thoughts on that. Is that is that should that be concerning? Should that be a little worry? I mean, people's coming from Georgia, Alabama. I'd be like, all right, all right, cool. He coming from Ole Miss. I'm like, wait a minute. So let me know. I'll go you, Mike, first. Do you think there's a problem with that, or you think it's just you know something else to throw under the board? Well, I mean, my thing is is Lane Kiffin has seen how uh, you know he's been around. Nick Saban, he's seen how a program is supposed to work. Um, if he had his program and his uh, strength and conditioning uh, staff and everything, um, you know, like he's seen that from Nick Saban. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to mirror that whole staff like that. But uh, Igbenosa also said, you know, that here, you know, they actually preach competing, but they actually live up to it where other colleges don't. So I think that, you know, uh, you can look at that, you know, full flex. Hey, man, I mean, to be honest, man, uh, we talked privately about why we think that, uh, you know, he's just a football player, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but go ahead, Ron, what you think about uh, his comments? Um, I think it makes me want to ask a question. Is it saying something? Is it a testament to the SEC? Is it? Does it mean more down there? Because, I mean, we heard Tanner McAllister come in talk about Matt drills last year and how hard it was and difficult it was coming from Oklahoma state and the transition to Ohio state and the level of football that we play. And then here comes a guy who's a freshman from the sec and he comes to Ohio state. And he's like, Oh, what transition? This is easy. So, I mean, is it a testament to what they do in the sec and are these other teams just like all competing at the level that we do because these kids are able to make such an easy transition from the sec back to Ohio State, but then we hear kids like Tanner, Tanner McAllister in a similar room, a safety, a corner, um, having a little bit more difficulties with the transition. So I don't know. It makes me ask the question, are they doing something different in the SEC that we need to be doing here in the Big Ten? Yeah, no, that's a good mm -hmm. question, and I'm with you. Um, obviously, it's a little – I would say I would wish it was a little challenging for him, but obviously they play good football down there, so – and obviously, Lane Kiffin got the program buzzing, so you know, can't be hey, too let's mad. Let's talk but about where where did Nick Saban get his two strength and conditioning guys from? Well, he did get them from the Big Ten. You know, he did get them from Indiana, Indiana of all schools, Indiana. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know what we was missing out on. You know, yeah. like why we ain't hit them guys up. I don't know, but I just wanted to ask that real quick before we got the show going. But obviously, the chat is buzzing. Terry was in here early, so what up, Terry? We got uh, Les Toast in here. He he came just to see what Ron was gonna say about JJ. Chris Drew in here. Deke, yeah, I agree. JJ, yeah. But wait, wait. Before we go on, we gotta highlight this comment because uh, it must be said. Monkfish again. Y'all suck. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, man. So appreciate y'all joining us and obviously keep them rolling. Let us know. Do y'all think that transition's a little eh, or it's all it's all good? Does so, it um, mean more than more in the SEC? Let us know in the chat. 
<laughs> oh man. But um, yeah, so let's talk about wide receivers. We wanted to open up with that and talk about it. So this wide receiver room, obviously, there's a lot of questions. We got a lot of veterans coming back. So it's not a concern of we got to get new guys ready, but the guys who got here last year's four receiver class, they're kind of in a midpoint where they either got to get it going or they might get passed up. We got new guys in here. Carnell Tate had a lot of buzz coming away from the uh, the scrimmage. So he's trending up. So where do y'all think this wide receiver room is at? And how do you think it's going to shake out going, obviously, into the spring game? I think we're in a great place. I mean, we're wide receiver you for a reason. But it's, gonna, it's also an interesting place because we have so many – talented kids in that room right now um like we know the starters we know marv Emeka, but then you have people like Jaden ballard julian fleming number one wide receiver in his class you have xavier johnson who was a walk-on now scholarship player that saw minutes last year um and then you have all of these freshmen coming in you hear carnell tate running with the one some days you hear Noah rogers running uh with the one some days so when you hear that like we know the talent that's already there in the starting position and then battling for wide receiver four and five. And then you hear these freshmen and Brandon Ennis isn't even on campus. So if you hear these freshmen in the ones, it raises another question that you brought up uh, earlier is what's going on with the 22 class and where do those guys stand? Guys like Caleb Brown, Kojo Antwi, Keon Grays. Um, so, yeah, I just want to throw that to you guys. Where do you think that puts – those 22 guys with us hearing these new freshmen coming in and competing for positions or for reps with the ones already. Uh, go I ahead, mean, Mike. what we, what we honestly thought was that this wide receiver class, the 2023 wide receiver class was going to be good enough. We, this is what we thought, right. Was going to be good enough to jump that 2022 class. And honestly, the, the work that Car uh, Carnell is putting in you know, it, it's showing that. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't know and that I want them to know about Carnell. When he was at SFE and they would say, hey, man, we need you. You know, we, 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 we're about to go play these games. We want everybody down there at 8 o'clock, right? Everybody down in the hotel lobby at 8 o'clock. Carnell already down there by 7 o'clock. And then you hear things like Ryan Day talking about, the stuff that he's doing off the field. You ain't got to worry about him in the classroom, film room, working, any of that. And it's translating to on the field. But here's the thing that we, you know, guys, everybody, it's just spring, right? Some people say spring don't matter. But I'm going to tell you why spring matters for Cardell. Because it's about stacking those days. And one thing that Ryan Day had been preaching since last year is competitive excellence. And Cardell, each day, is stacking them days. Stacking them days, stacking them days, and not falling off. If he if he continues on this trajectory, as we were talking about Ballard uh, taking that uh, third spot, Carnell might be fighting for that fourth, fifth spot, and then I can see maybe mid-season, end of the season, he goes ahead and solidifies himself as that number four or number three. Uh, quick question, Mike. Did Carnell text you before the show? Where you getting all this info from? He was in the <laughs> lobby. That was a whole sale. Hey, yeah, I mean, hey man. Like, hey, where you getting hey, the info I, from? Hey, when I when hey when I'm high on the guy, I'll go do my research and find out about the guy, man. I I got honestly, I got these notes um about Carnell um before he even signed his papers on the dotted line. But a lot of people didn't notice, and I wanted to put that out there for them. Mike bumped into him at the Continental Breakfast. That's how he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, I was like, okay, but all right. So I'm a. I want some. I want some back and forth on this. So this is this is my question, right? Everybody seems to early putting this 22 class to bed. Like these guys are going to get passed up. They're not ready to play. If I'm not confused, the 20 the 22 class and 23 class was recruited by the same guy, Brian Hartline, and he if this class they say this class was weak. This man went out and got four receivers. He didn't get one. He didn't say, oh, I just want Kojo and, like, this class is kind of dead. He didn't get two. He didn't get three. He got four. All four of these guys. Now, we didn't see in their highlights. We seen when they were coming to Ohio State, we said, okay, this guy's going to be able to do this here. He's going to be able to do that here. So my question is, 
what is going on with this class? Because you can't tell me these guys can't play. I don't think they would be here if they could not play. So where is this fitting in in our total wide receiver room? Because I'm like, there's no way all these guys can't play. Some Somebody has a cut. Like, we can't have four transfers out. One or two or three of them at least. If one is off, I'm cool with that. If two is off, it's starting to be a little bit of a question. Three? Because I only really have heard about Caleb Brown out of this class, really. So in Kojo a little bit. But what's your thoughts on that? I feel like people are already licking their chops at the opportunity to call uh, Brian Hartline out and say that he fumbled an entire class. But in actuality, it's a testament to how good this 23 class is. I mean, I think I, I asked a question on playback the other day. Have we seen the best Ohio State wide receiver room yet? Because these kids in this wide receiver class, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers, and Bryson Rogers, I mean, each one of them, you could compare them to a former elite Ohio State wide receiver, and I think they could do great things. And I feel like they're just so talented that they're just going to be pushing so hard to that 22 class where in any other year these kids would cut it at Ohio State. But the level of wide receiver play is just continuing to elevate and elevate and elevate. And, and we're not even done with 23. Jeremiah Smith is coming in to take someone's spot the following year. So when you got kids in high school already nipping at your heels, I don't even know if it's uh issue with them. I just feel like this class in this room is just reaching levels that we've never seen before. Uh, I agree with that with the well, talent. The thing I liked about the 22 and 23 class when thinking of them as a whole is there was a lot of balance there. I think when we're getting in the 23 class we it's something different in the 22 class. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like when you think of a Caleb Brown, he was a different type of receiver than coming in with Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate and all that. When I thought of Keon Grays, I was like, okay, a nice Z. So I want to stretch the field to open up room for these guys in 23. So I thought there was a nice balance there. Obviously, Kojo is also a good receiver as well. And if Caleb, Caleb Burton can, you know, get his health right. He's probably the one most lacking behind. But I thought there was some balance there that at least we have. Do y'all think it's something where these two rooms can blend together and maybe we're overzealous to jump to who's playing the star role? Because for every Mike Thomas, you know what I'm saying, you need a Terry McLaurin or you need a, a Curtis Samuel. You know what I'm saying? So it's got to yeah. be balanced out there. So do y'all think I don't, eventually these two can blend or do you think like these guys are just going to not even touch the field? No, this this is the transfer portal age, man. And, you know, when kids not getting their way, they leave. And, I mean, to be honest, man, we could say 22 class. Uh, let, let's kind of put this into co comparison for people, right? So let's compare the 22 class to the guys like uh, Terry, Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell. They, 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 they could possibly be those caliber players, right? But you got, you know, guys of the calibers of uh, – of a Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and stuff like that. Those are guys who were, regardless of the depth at wide receiver, by the middle to the end of the season, they were able to get reps. We saw a walk-on go back there and, and receive punts. <laughs> what? Like, no, you guys have been passed up. I'm sorry. Like, it just is what it is. Hardline said, I seen these guys on the field. I got to go harder. I got to recruit over this class, right? And I feel like he honestly did that. And there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, hey, you know, uh, you could say, you know, you got guys out here who say, oh, this is the best wide receiver. You know, JJ is the best wide receiver ever, regardless of class, right? And there's nothing wrong with saying the same thing about the guys coming in in 2023, right? So yeah, I mean, I agree completely with Mike. I'm ready to see these freshmen now. And if I have to wait because of the 22 guys playing, you know, um, they can go. They couldn't even receive punts, bro. Look, like, and here's on. the thing. I believe in these guys. Like, I feel like, you know what I mean? Some of these guys could transfer to Miami and be the best wide receiver since Andre Johnson. Like, they're these guys. Good Lord. I mean, they haven't had many wide receivers in the last 20 years, let's be fair. Like that, see, it sounds crazy at first, but then you think about it, uh, who knows? You know what I mean? It's, the bar's kind of low down there. So, I mean, we'll see. I think all of them have bright careers ahead of them at Ohio State. Maybe not, but who knows? I mean, again, I think they're talented guys, but I think the class behind them is just that much more talented. 
Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go something Jay Book said. He said, um, the problem is Clazen needs time and development. Any other place they would be on track, but at Ohio State, that clock is sped up. So maybe just the time normally you would get, you may not get if you're gonna bring in star receivers in every class. So I'm with him there. And Juju says there's such thing as too much talent in a room. Uh definitely not. Keep the five stars coming. We'll, we'll figure we'll figure it out. Um, and, no, yeah. man. Uh, one thing that we like to teach here at uh, Ohio State, man, iron sharpens iron. I mean, it's it's not just Ohio State, but look at every look at every single top program, right? Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Iron sharpens iron, right? The best mm-hmm. players are gonna make you the best. That's why Igbenosa came here. If I want to be the best, I need to go up against Marv. He's the yeah. best wide receiver in college football. If I want to be the best, iron sharpens iron. So when you have guys competing like this, you know, it's amazing. And it's something that you need. And to be honest, we need all these wide receivers. We need all of them. And we need them to elevate their game because we was missing. When Marv went down in the CFP semifinal, we were missing that one wide receiver. And nobody in that 2022 class stepped up and showed that they could be that guy or be serviceable or help in any capacity. Well, there was a guy in the 2021 class who was out there too, didn't show up in that capacity, but he's got a lot of buzz right now. Jaden Ballard. Um, Want to touch on him real quick while we wrap up receivers. He's gotten a lot of buzz talking about he got that speed, that JMO speed is back in this room and it's been gone for a while and we haven't seen it hit the field. What do you think about Jaden Ballard? Obviously, Cardinal Tate got a lot of hype in him too, but Jaden Ballard was the one we've been on since spring started. So I'm super excited about Jaden Ballard. Like that uh, take the top off the defense type of speed uh, is something that I feel like this uh, offense has been missing. You hear about him running past uh, cornerbacks in practice every day. But at the same time, I'm a little concerned because uh, Brian Hartline did say, where we're seeing Jaden Ballard at now is where he expected him to be a year ago. So what happened in that year and why isn't he on the track or the trajectory that Hartline expected? Is it a work ethic thing? Is it um, a misevaluation initially? Um, so I just, uh, that gives me a little bit of a pause for concern uh, after Hartline saying he's about where he expected him to be a year ago. And I think Harlan did that just to mess with his head because he's getting a lot of hype out here, bro. That's like he probably left the facility at his headphones. It was feeling good. It was like, wait, Harlan said what? Now I got to go back and go grind some more. So, no, nah, I'm with you. Um, I, I think I think he's finally ready to blossom. Obviously, you know, my, my phrase of too fast to play here, hopefully that does not apply <laughs> to Jaden Ballard because um, – <laughs> We need that deep speed, man. It's something that I don't even know if we have in the – I don't think we have in the 22 class or 23 class right now is that that deep threat. I mean, you talk about running 24 miles an hour. I mean, heck, that's faster than half of us drive. Well, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. But um, um, Chris but Drew yeah, said in the so. chat that there's four niggas in Glenville faster than him right now. Hey, 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 fuck that dude from Idaho, man. Hey, give me them Cleveland boys, 216 representing, baby. Let's go. Real quick before we transition. So what's that dude's name? There's this dude from Idaho. Gatlin Bear. Gatlin Bear from Idaho, four-star receiver. This man clocked 100 at like 10 to 8 just recently. Talk about running against um, what's the big dude, the fast one going to bro, that was his daddy's South hand Carolina. Time, what's the dude going to South Carolina? The five star Nicholas Harbor. Oh, Nicholas Harbor left Nicholas Harbor in the dust. Look, he's moving. This man, Mike, saw that film. He was like, I know four dudes in Glenville faster than him. Like, like the time matters. It's a clock. It don't matter who we run against. <laughs> They said they watched this man run a 10-2 and said, look how slow those guys running next to him are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> going to say that there's four guys in Glenville faster than him. Oh, right? God, bro. Oh, God. Shaker Heights pride there, Mike. No, no. Hey, hey, everybody know. 216 ain't no Shaker Heights, bro. Everybody know. Everybody know. Everybody know, man. But but I want to talk about my point on Jalen Ballard, man. Like you said, it's a it's a – it's um something that we need. And Ron, which what you were saying about what Brian Hartline said as well. 
you know, why wasn't he ready, you know, six months ago? Like, he was pissed at him, pissed at him. And you got to think about this, man. These guys come in. It's college. Everybody remembers their first time at college. Want to see the girls, want to hang out with the girls. Not doing the extra things like Marv, being in the uh, Woody all the time. And those are the things that Heartline was wanting to see. Heart, uh, Marv's on the jugs. Your fifth string on the depth chart, sixth string on the depth chart. Why aren't you in the Woody? He's a starter in any Woody. So, yeah, I think it was a work ethic uh, thing. And, you know, he has he has obviously, you know, done something to get himself better. But that was a dig for Brian Hartline to say, hey, you know, just because you think you have, have arrived, uh, you know, still humble yourself. Yeah, whole facts. And then, Mike, make sure you check in with MGK, you know, next bro, time. Bro, that nigga is not even from Ohio. <laughs> that song, Wild Boy Ohio, by MGK, bro. is actually about Mike, if you guys didn't bro. know. That's why he's 216 Wild Boy on Twitter. Go ahead and follow me, hey, boy. Hey, hey, MGK man. has to check in when he comes right. to East Cleveland. Uh, if, anybody <laughs> know, if anybody know who Ray Jr. is, you know. Just he calls right. Mike down in Frisco and makes sure it's okay to check in and check your rights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so, uh, so let's move on to running backs quickly before we get to our Michigan fans' favorite segment. That'll be coming up next. But um, want to talk running backs? Um, obviously, not as much with to not as much as them is going on with the wide receivers. But obviously, we've had Chip, we've had Dallin really taking steps here. So in the spring, obviously, we saw the highlight for Chip yesterday running seventy, and I was more wondering like. Can't nobody catch him. <laughs> Just getting left. That's not, that's not exactly a great thing. But um, what are you expecting from the running back room as far as the depth chart to take out? Obviously, Evan Pryor, he's still hurt. Trayvon Henderson, I heard, is getting back out there because he knows his time is now or never. So what do you think about – I'll go to you, Ron, first. What do you think about this depth chart in the running back room? Um, I think that Travion Henderson is going to be the starting running back next year. I think Ryan Williams will be his backup. And those two will see as many, carry, as many carries as they can get as long as they're healthy. Um, I think they're going to run those two. Um, I feel like we have a ton of depth with Dallin Hayden, Chip, Evan Pryor when healthy. And, I mean, we saw with all the injuries last year, I mean, Dallin Hayden started games. So, I mean, and so did Chip. So, um, I feel like those guys um, are going to wait. We didn't sign a running back in this last class. So, I mean, I feel like these guys have plenty of opportunity, but I think we're about to watch the Travion Henderson and Mike Williams show in 2023. Mike? Yeah, man. Honestly, you know, all these things about Trey, I hope, you know, is good, right? I hope everything is good. I hope that he's healthy. I hope that he's worked on his vision. I hope that he's listening to Tony Alford. Um, you know, because my thing is, is they get the ball to try out in open space, but then he runs into the back of his old line. Like, you know, it's not like they they didn't get him in space, you know. Uh, but Mayan Williams, you know, that I think he should be the number one back. The reason why I say that is because I just feel like starting off the games, especially in the Big Ten, Mayan uh, Williams is perfect to go ahead wear down defenses, always falling forward. And then you put guys like Trey, Chip, Dallin, who got that extra burst and then can just go ahead, take the top off the uh take the top off the uh defense. But I think someone who slept on is Chip Trainum. I think that he's just as strong as Mayan Williams, but also has that burst. All these running backs, they could start at power fives anywhere. Um, and we're going to need all five running back because of our turf. If anybody goes and, um, you know, knows about the turf and the lower leg injuries we dealt with, that's my biggest concern. I feel like the turf is the only thing that can stop us from completing our goals this year as they did last year. Um, but I am worried with all of these running backs, and if you try to get them all involved, Will that bring up tendencies? Hey, we know they have this select plays when this running back in. And it and those tendencies are going to be able to be broken down by the end of the year, our biggest games, right? So I do want to see, like, the, the coaching staff is going to have to get creative, bro, and you're not going to be able to just have only packages when these guys get in. These guys got to be, be able to do everything. 
No, I, I agree with you. And this is my thing on um on Chip, right? Um, I like Chip. I think he's a good back. Is he a pro NFL starter? Which which that has been the standard here. The standard here is you play well, you go to the NFL and you play. So I don't know if he's up to that level. I think if he was, obviously he wouldn't have came here to be a linebacker or other schools would have been pulling him to be a running back. So where his ceiling potential, like I think he's a good back as far as college, where his ceiling potential at, I don't know. I was kind of surprised he didn't go back to linebacker and be like, okay, these guys got one ear and, you know, it's pretty open. But for our running back room, I think Travion Henderson is the dude that we have to, have to, have to get going. He's a dude. We need him to be who we recruited. We recruited him for a reason to be that all-American Heisman level back, I think, as of right now, he is the closest one to having that potential. I think Mayan's really good. I think Dallin Hayden's really good. I think Evan Pryor, when he gets back and gets healthy, is going to be a weapon. I mean, it's a lot of guys that fit all in one room. But I think Trey is the guy. If you look at our roster and you're like, all right, who's the first round back here? He's going to be the first one to pop into your mind of like he has a talent to do it. Can he do it? We don't know. We got to get his mind to where it needs to be. But I think going into this season, that is a guy that you're like, look, we need to figure it out. I don't care. I don't care what, how many times we got to run you, how many times we got to get you the ball for you to figure it out, I don't, how, many, how long you got to play against Indiana. No disrespect to Indiana. But, you know, we got to get, get you flowing, right? So I think that's a guy that we has to be our number one. As far as how it shakes down after that, I mean, Mayan has to play. I think Dallin Hayden has earned his snaps. I think this will be a little bit of slow ball for Evan Pryor. He's just coming back from that injury, and obviously it takes you – probably a year to get back to yourself which won't happen until fall but i hope to see him a little i mean i just hope we can kind of get all these guys in here so we don't get any transfers out and get to next year with still a a nice running back room but i think travion henderson has to be the feature back when we go up against alabama or georgia or he runs faster than dallas anyway uh, (laughs) when we go up against those big time teams you, know, answer, you answered that question on what you think Trey does better than Dallin, right? Nah, I was just messing around to mess with Chris. But no, I think I think Dallin is a coach better. He receives better. He's probably a better running back. But it's a level of can we get – it's like the, the C.J. Hicks question. Like, can we get our most talented guy doing what we need him to do? And it's that level of I don't think there's a running back on roster as talented as Trey. Like – like Dallin may hit the hole better he may follow his coaching better but we need to get the dude who is the dude doing that and that's coaching you talking about his speed no I'm talking about letting him hit the hole I'm talking about being a weapon out the backfield I'm talking about like I think overall for as physically gifted as he is he's more physically gifted than everybody else we need to get him doing what our starting running back needs to be doing so I have a question for you, and it's a little bit of tie into our JJ McCarthy segment. We all know the comparisons of Cal McCord and uh, JJ McCarthy um, as both being recruited by Michigan and Ohio State, but there's also tie-ins from our running backs. Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, and Donovan Edwards all had open offers at Ohio State. There were two spots, and they said first two that commit end up at Ohio State. We ended up with Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor. Is there pressure on those two backs to live up to what? Uh, Donovan Edwards has been, especially the role that he's played in the game. But I think Donovan Edwards is the best back on Michigan's roster, possibly one of the best backs in the country. And we're over here talking about can Trey find the hole? Uh, is Dallin Hayden, our four-string running back, better than Travion Henderson? So, like, what type of pressure is on those two backs that ended up at Ohio State instead of Donovan Edwards? I don't Honestly, I don't think that there's any pressure because – you know, the casual sports fans, which are several of them out there, they're going to always say, oh, they're the better backs because they have the most rushing yards and, and things like that. But that's what that's what that team of North is, right? They, they, they just run the ball. Uh, JJ make noodle arm. Don't throw don't throw it like that. Or I mean, and if I'm. I like Evan Pryor and I like Trey. Better than those guys. I think the only issue is is we haven't really got to see them because they've been hurt, right? Like we were supposed to, you know, we were excited for Trey's second year, 
but he got hurt. Yeah, we're talking about his vision and all of this stuff. Uh, it sounds like his injuries had a lot to do with his mental last year. But like I said, we're going to see. I don't, But I don't think that there's as much pressure on them. I don't. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, obviously, we all thought Diamond Evers was a great back. When we uh, heard about him in recruiting, we all wanted him to come. But obviously, the two we got are really good. Um, I don't think there's pressure. I mean, Evan Pryor got hurt. I mean, what are you going to do? He could have went out there and been just as good, better, worse. We don't know. He got hurt. Um, obviously, Travion didn't have a healthy season. But we saw in a vacuum what Travion could be. We just got to get it consistently out of him. Now, if I was them and I'm going into the season and I'm hearing this and that and Donovan Edwards is this dude and all that, like I'm putting pressure on myself to be like, nah, like I was the no, I was the pick at this school for the school that you wanted to go to for a reason. And does Donovan Edwards have a chance to start at Michigan this year? Yeah, like I'm gonna show you why. And and two also. I don't think Maybe. their average per carry is that much far apart. Cause I know Trey was freshman year. He was at six something. Him, I think him and both him and mine were both around six. I think that's where Diamond Edwards is too. So, I mean, he's a great back, but as far as self pressure, I would, but as far as a fan base, should we be, you know, banging drums and now like you guys have to do all this like I, I don't think it's necessary i, I need a gift that i can tweet out every fucking day like that donovan edwards one that i see on my timeline every eight minutes yeah but at the end of the season though if donovan edwards well outplays both of them well i, I would say trey because i don't know if if evan's gonna be that healthy if he well outplays both of them yeah that that is a that is a valid question but this is gonna be the tell-all of what level they were at and if it was a miss in recruiting. So I think the story still has time to be written and we'll see because, you know, if he's first round back and they're not, he messed up. So it was going to have to be there for a fourth year where if Trey stays healthy, he can be gone after this year. Like he, it was not going to start. Blake Corum is going to start. See, I, I think <laughs> it's already set in stone. I think Edwards will start this year, but we'll 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 ask later when we talk to some Michigan guys. But I, Over I, the think, I, I think I think he will. I think he will start. I, I think it would be dumb not to start him, but that's just me. But uh, but yeah, wow. that's running backs. But uh, speaking of Edwards, we'll talk some 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 Michigan ball. So Ron, I'll let you lead this out because this is your segment. So take us away. <laughs> so we have a new segment here called JJ McCarthy or. So we are going to take a look at J.J. McCarthy because this past week I saw a tweet on the timeline that said J.J. McCarthy is the blank ranked quarterback in college football. And I put that he was in the top 30. People did not like that. People were in my mentions telling me that he's a top three quarterback. So I figured today for our game, J.J. McCarthy or we are going to gather a list of quarterbacks and see if you would rather have J.J. McCarthy as your starter or later to be named quarterback. So we are going to kick this off and keep the Michigan theme going with none other than presumed Tennessee starter Joe Milton. So I throw it to you guys. Would you take J.J. McCarthy or Joe Milton as your starter next year? All right, everybody in the chat, when we get started, you give us yours, and we'll read them off and see and see where we're at. So J.J. McCarthy or Joe Milton? I guess, I guess I'll lead it. I gotta take JJ, man. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna be disrespectful. Joe Milton does have a cannon. He does, but the problem is he he always has a cannon. If it's a five yard out, he has a cannon. If it's a screen, he has a cannon. If it's a fifty yard bomb, he has a cannon. So the way as hard as he throws the ball, the, the Tennessee receivers might all have hand injuries by midseason. So I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not gonna go that far. I, I would definitely take JJ. Yeah, I see uh, ACC quarterbacks has found it easier in the SEC. Shout out to Hendon Hooker. And, uh, you know, a Big Ten quarterback seems to find it easier in the SEC. And Joe Milton, he couldn't make it in the Big Ten, so I got to go with J.J. J.J. at least did something in the Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? Milton couldn't do a damn thing. 
See, I guess I'm going to have to be the bad guy. And this is now the second time, Q, that I've heard you say on this show, no disrespect. And I'm sitting here in my head like, why are we not disrespecting Indiana and J.J. McCarthy? Like, I get the no disrespect preface if we're talking about someone at Ohio State, but Indiana football and J.J. McCarthy, I'm pretty sure you can pile on as much disrespect as you want. So I'll continue that trend with disrespect to J.J. McCarthy. I would take Joe Milton over top of uh, – J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy is trying to break the Michigan record of 27 passing touchdowns. You have to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Joe Milton threw 10 touchdowns and zero interceptions last year. He started like two games. What are we talking about here? Like, give me Joe Milton. Like, I don't know about you guys. Oh, and, and you guys are pandering. You got your you guys got your apps inside the uh, description today. So you're being nice to the Michigan fans in the chat. But I am taking... Former Michigan great Joe Milton over J.J. McCarthy. Hold on. Their completion percentage is the same in 2022, 64%. But What's their touchdown-interception ratio? Because I think 10 to 0 looks pretty good right now. I mean, it does, but when was he playing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the what, – what's the right, He beat up on the Cheesy Tigers. But I'll say, I think that was the one <laughs> full game he played that I remember. So, and I'll say, Clemson I mean, wasn't exactly you, world beaters this last year either. Is, if you go by ESPN's QB QBR, what uh, Joe? Uh, I mean, not Joe. Uh, JJ had a what seventy nine QBR, if I'm not mistaken, Ron. Yep. yep. Can you check that for me? Yeah, seventy nine. Uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe Milton had an eighty three point eight. Well, that that ends it because everyone knows QBR is the most reliable stat <laughs> that ESPN produces, and we're gonna roll Kyle with it. Oh, so we even said that. I think yeah. I get a point there because. You know, ESPN agrees with me. So we're going to move on to the next quarterback that I'm going to pitch to you guys. And we're going to keep the Ohio State-Michigan trend going here. And we're going to talk about none other than him, Ewers, Quinn Ewers, the mullet man. Would you take Quinn Ewers as your starter over Joe Milton next year? You mean J.J. McCarthy? <laughs> over J.J. McCarthy, yes. <laughs> yeah, Forget absolutely. the name of the game. Or I'm so high on Joe Milton that I think he should be the starter of Michigan, too. <laughs> So, do you think um, would you take him over JJ McCarthy? Q. Yes. Uh, yeah, Chad. Let us know. Um, yeah, I'm taking with you over JJ McCarthy. Um, most definitely from what we see, and it's kind of. Uh, I think I think it was a tale of of two tapes. I think Quinn was very inconsistent. But when we seen him go out and actually ball, like he balled, and he showed something that JJ did not show. But JJ was very consistent. And very mid, no, <laughs> but um, JJ. yeah, so I'm I would take Quinn, man, especially in the right offense. Man, Quinn, if you put Quinn in the Michigan offense, I feel like he would produce better than JJ. And I, I know Michigan Jim Harbaugh will hold him back, of course, he would not be a first round pick or a second round pick, maybe even a third, but um, I think he would produce, produce a little bit better. So I'm going with Quinn. I mean, yeah, like Quinn was supposed to be a, you know, actual true freshman this year, you know, and uh, you could tell that 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 was the case with as many inconsistencies as he had that he was still very young. But I mean, when we're talking about going up against, you know, a top talent in Alabama, he didn't freeze up like J.J. did, you know what I'm saying, uh, against, uh, you know, J.J. TCU. did against TCU, yeah. And then when you want to talk about uh, J.J. played more games than Quinn because Quinn was out. Um, well, Quinn missed like, what, three, four, five games or something like that and didn't get to finish, what, the second half of the Bama game. So, I mean, he got six interceptions. J.J. had five on the season. So they about even right there. Um, and then he would have threw for more passing yards. He's only under J.J. by like, what, 500 or something like that. Uh he would have passed for more if he was out there more. He would have had more touchdowns than J.J. as well. Well, he only got 15. J.J. got 22. Um, the only issue is I could – the only thing that I can give J.J. over Quinn is consistency, but he doesn't throw the ball nowhere near as many times as Quinn does. He doesn't – he didn't have to. Yeah, I mean, this is simple for me. Ryan Day picked Quinn Ewers. He did not pick J.J. McCarthy. I'm going to go with him, Ewers, here. I mean, easy choice for me. You guys pretty much hammered it home with all the statistics. Anyone that watched the Alabama game would 
be able to make come to the same conclusion. So again, I'm going to keep it on the Ohio State uh, theme and go with someone that we are going to see this year on our schedule. Sam Hartman, new Notre Dame quarterback. Uh, yeah, that's pretty easy for that me. Was fucking hard. Sam, nah, Sam Hartman was airing it out. You know, say that man come out. He, he Brad Farvin, he's slinging it. So I'm I'm dev going with Sam Hartman. I mean, you know, what I'm saying JJ more athletic in my opinion. He's got I think JJ has a little more gamer to him, and I like that. But I need my quarterback to be my quarterback. So Sam is 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 gonna go out and he's gonna air it out. That's what I'm going with. I mean, damn. Uh, I mean, let's say Sam Hartman. You know, you put him on a better team. Uh, he, he has to – if you put him on a better team, you know, I think he would do better. Uh, out of all of the interceptions that he threw, you know what I'm saying, uh, his QB rating is actually still higher than J.J. McCarthy. I think that's kind of crazy, man. Uh, uh, you talking about the percentage, completion percentage? J.J.'s at 64 Sam Hartman's only at 63. So you put Sam Hartman around better athletes, who's going to have the better career? Sam Hartman. Give me Sam Hartman, man. Yeah, and again, we'll go back to that number 27. Sam Hartman, 38 touchdowns last year. The record at Michigan, 27. Again, easy choice here for me. I mean, so to that guy who uh, said top three on my Twitter, wrong. All right, we're going to move on to a Big Ten quarterback and one quite familiar to Ohio State fans, Drew Aller, the one that got away, Penn State's starting quarterback. Would you take Drew Aller over J.J. McCarthy, even mm. with all of the unknowns with what little you saw from him last year at Penn State? Only 300 yards and a few touchdowns. Uh, I am taking J.J. I think Drew Aller is more talented. But I don't know if he's going to be there yet. I think this is going to be his first season. Yeah, don't give me them crazy looks. We all know what Drew Aller going to do. We ain't seen it. I do. Go ahead. He might come out. He might ball out. But you talking about right now? Right now, who am I taking? Give me, give me JJ. I mean, he's got some gamer to him. He's got a little moxie. You know, I, I, I mess with that. I like a competitor. I think if you put, if you head them up, JJ will get it done. So. I'm going with JJ. Not that I think he's a better passer, but give me a game today. I'm taking JJ. I'm going to take Drew Allen, man. <laughs> oh, really? After, like, yeah, you got damn right. I'm taking Drew and fucking Allen, bro. You I can tell by that look the game. You, you, got it. <laughs> you out of your rabbit ass mind. If you think JJ <laughs> is better than goddamn Drew Allen, bro. Hell no. I don't care if it's going to be if JJ been on campus. Longer than goddamn Drew Aller, bro. What we are going to see this year is Drew Aller is going to finish ahead of J.J. McCarthy. Flat out in the Big Ten. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Everybody hit Mike DM if, for if, if, if Drew Aller, I mean, no, if J.J. McCarthy threw more balls, you're probably going to get more pick sixes out of him. I'm not getting that out of Drew Aller. That, that I don't know if we can go that far and guarantee. Respect. I don't know if we can guarantee that we haven't seen Drew Aller out there. Jeez. But Drew Aller gives Jeez. me Drew Aller gives me Big Ben vibes. I mean, he's a big body gunslinger. Um, he'll stand in the pocket and deliver a strike. I think he is going to be a huge needed lift for that Penn State offense. And Penn State's going to be a problem next year with Drew Aller. I am a big Drew Aller believer, and again, I am taking Drew Aller over JJ McCarthy. Um, we've already talked about one QB one participant. Uh, let's talk about another one. Spencer Rattler. Would you take Spencer <laughs> Rattler over JJ McCarthy? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off. I'm going to say no. And I have a big dislike for Drew. I mean, for Spencer Rattler. Like, I just feel like he's too cocky. His best quarterback was sitting, uh, that was really on his high school team was sitting behind him. Um, so yeah, I gotta go with um with my guy. Yeah, I I I cannot wait the mic fell out. All right, well, good. It was my turn anyway. Um, I cannot um there he is. I cannot go with Spencer Rattler after what I seen from him, obviously. I mean, you got your spot taken at Oklahoma, you know, you got kicked out with the SC. 
basically, man, I, I don't, he's so like, I don't know what I'm gonna get from him. Man. So sometimes he come out and he can ball and like his upside is, is crazy. And then sometimes it's like he was out partying the night before the game or the morning before the game <laughs> and he just looks a little behind. So I'm gonna go with JJ. I'll, I'll roll with the consistency again because I don't know if I don't know what I'm gonna get. That's not exactly a great thing. So I'm going with JJ on that one. Yeah, I mean, it pains me to do it, but I would again, pro not again, for the first time, take J.J. McCarthy. Um, I think he's a better leader. Um, one of the things that I did notice watching the Michigan spring game yesterday, he threw an interception on the first drive, one of those paint Manning, Fuse Next, Duck Wobblers up there, just laying it up to the defense. But after that, looked completely unfazed, like he didn't just throw that bullshit up. So, like, that leadership and composure and ability to bounce back – um, you see the comfort that he has with that team. So um, I can't, as much as I would love to disrespect him and pick Spencer Rattler, I would have to go with JJ here. And we have one more before we wrap the show up today. It's obviously the one that you guys are all probably waiting for. Would you guys take Kyle McCord, the presumed starter at Ohio State, over J.J. McCarthy? And when I say that, I mean, would you do the exact same thing Ryan Day did and pick Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. I mean, yes. I, I gotta go. I gotta go J.J. on this one. We don't know nothing about. Oh my! All fault. right, all right, yeah. Thank my you for pulling out the book out yesterday. Yes, my bad, my fault, y'all. Yes, Kyle McCord, man. <laughs> what, what you mean? What, what, what are we talking about? Why? Why is this even on the board? Kyle McCord is gonna go to Ann Arbor. He's gonna win by thirty. He's going to plant the flag in the middle of the field. He's going to put the big red boots on. And he's going to start taking Instagram flicks with the baddest girl from Ohio in Michigan that day. That is what's going to happen. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Oh, we do it. All we know is being Ohio State. First of all, you got lucky it snowed. Second of all, you got lucky the game was played on a Saturday. I really don't have good reasons why we lost, so I'm just going to say that one. But it's all changes this year. My man Kyle McCord is going to go in. He's going to air it out. And all you're going to see is Michigan backplates. But, yeah, I think Kyle McCord will have the better season overall. I mean, I think he's um, he's he's been in the system. I think he's geared to go. People may have forgot who Kyle McCord was. Go back and watch his highlights from high school. I mean, the dude can ball, so I'm rocking with Kyle on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh... – Kyle, of course. Uh, Juju, shout out to you for exposing yourself that you don't watch Big Ten Ball, man. We appreciate you, man. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to say, down there. Yeah, I mean, uh, to say that uh, Kyle is unproven, we seen this man as a true freshman go out there when he didn't he, – he was just like, man, I'm just a backup. Like, I ain't really expecting to see no time. You know what I'm saying? That that whole QB battle crap with CJ, We everybody knew that CJ – was our, our next quarterback and that it wasn't going to be a true freshman Kyle McCord, right? And let's let's go ahead and compare these, right? So, uh, JJ's, uh, um, what, last year, 64%. My God, my God, Kyle and his true freshman had 65%. Uh, JJ last year, um, you're talking about QB rating. My guy Gary wants to talk QB rating. Uh, JJ was 155 my guy Kyle, his freshman year was 164. Let me tell you how Kyle got even better. Now his rating, his sophomore year was 176. Sheesh. Oh, and his percentage rating went up to 80%. God damn it, give me goddamn Kyle. Ryan Day knew what the, exactly he was doing. That's why goddamn Jim Harbaugh up there at Michigan like, we got to run this goddamn midget into the ground because J.J. McNoodle arm can't throw no goddamn ball. I'm telling you, if y'all think that in, in, at the team up north, y'all going to see more passing, you're going to see more pick sixes. Count it. Yeah, I'm going with Kyle McCord here. I feel like he will throw at least 10 more touchdown passes than J.J. McCarthy next year. I don't think J.J. McCarthy sniffs 30 touchdowns. I think Kyle throws for 40. Um, I really don't think this is much of a debate. I feel like I'm glad that we get to put this argument to bed this season when we see – Kyle go out there and dominate. I did see someone mention um, the big red boots in the chat. I want one last question before we wrap up today. Should we have turnover boots? Like, 
we get a pick, like they got turnover buffs. We put on the big red boots, moon, moon walk down the sidelines. What do you guys think Bro, about that? I'm a hundred percent with that. <laughs> anything, anything we can do to follow the great program that Miami built. Um, <laughs> I am, I am all for, all for it. That's how you win national championships. You know, you know, because the, the thing is, you know, Saturdays might be lit in Columbus, but Thursdays and Fridays and Tuesdays are lit in Miami. So we got to we got to follow that for sure. Oh, you talking about that uh, national championship they almost was about to get in no, basketball? They have it to the best. Ones. But um, but yeah, man. So that's pretty much everything we want to talk about Um, before we get out of here. Mike, I want you to let everybody know if they want to argue with you that JJ is better than Kyle McCord. Where can they find you at? And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 216 underscore wild boy. There we go. Uh, Ron, I'll let you do the last one because you have all our plugins. So if you want to find me, <clears throat> I'm flying at Johnson on Instagram, Save Boy Quentin on Twitter. I also do movies on YouTube at Minor League Films. So that's all the spots you can find me. And it's all in the description. Ron, get us out of here. I'm Ron. You can find me on Twitter at two underscore T's, T-E-E-S. You can find me on TikTok, to Shiesty, if you want to see me get sweaty on the game. Um, you can find us all at Best Damn Media on Twitter. Um, and then you can also catch us on Playback TV watching <laughs> – uh, we'll be watching the women's play, uh, the women's national championship tonight. Uh, we watched the Michigan spring game this weekend, so you can watch along, see all of our faces, talk your shit in the chat, and uh, come out and watch games with us on playback. So yeah, follow us on Twitter, and I appreciate you guys pulling up for Buckeye BS. Thank you guys. Hey, appreciate y'all in the chat. All right, I don't know what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be great out here, Mike. I'm trying to be great. Okay, I can either.